welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles with my co-host here, Bob. Bob, how are you doing? I'm good, doing good, Sean. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited about your friend Denise who's going to be on today, who has ran for Congress, who works for the White House, who's a classical trained pianist, yeah. who is an Iron Man athlete. I mean, this woman is like, you could just keep putting titles. Right. She's in the philanthropic causes and charities, and she's super humble. Yeah, she's so, she seems fun. I can't wait. Our listeners are just going to love her. And she's young, which is really fun to hear a young woman who's kicking it, but in a major way. Right. Well, that kind of leads me to a conversation before we get to her. I think it's really interesting that when you add God to the equation, because a lot of people are saying you plus God equals what? A lot of non-believers don't believe God adds that much value or that he's a crutch or he helps us to get over problems. But the reality, reality that you and I have experienced is, and I know our guest Denise has, is that we may have what we have as far as gifting and talent, but God's brought us so far past any gifting or talent to accomplish what we're accomplishing. And we're doing things that we would have never been able to do by our own, just how we were born. Right. You know what that makes me think about is, you know, you and I have had to make a whole bunch of hard decisions in our careers and our ministry and our businesses, right? Yeah. Think about these uh, men and women who don't know the Lord yet, who are making multi-million or multi-billion dollar decisions without the Lord. I can't your best, imagine. your best guess, you know, at that point. Yeah. I know for me how, how much I don't sleep, how much I get anxiety, how, you know, I'm wringing my hands, how I'm trying to work things out in my head. And I have access you know, to the throne room. And, yeah. and so when people say, you know, you plus God equals, what does it equal? Well, I say, you know, it equals more peace than I would have without God at a minimum. Totally. Well, I think of even the favor factor of just, you just get noticed by people that you'd never be on their grid because God, you're God's, you know, you're God's friend. I mean, I, I think of all the things that I've done that I would have never even applied my strength to or thought that I could have done or I was talented enough to do. And it came by walking with God. Right. Right. It's, we talk about favor and destiny all the time and you can't really put your finger on it. How does God put relationships together? How does he, how does he give us opportunities that we never would have had before? How do we, you know, shake our head and say, I, you know, I know in my business in 2008, in the midst of, in the midst of the recession, we got the biggest job we'd ever had in the history of our company. So and, cool. and I'm just not that smart. I'm well, not 2020, smart. You guys have been killing it in 2020. And a yeah. lot of people are losing everything. And you guys are just, your business is killing it. We had a, we had a great year in 2020. And I, and I don't, and again, I'm not that smart. There's nothing yeah. that I could have done. Except I can attest to I'm, that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 what well, here's what I like though is that there's many times that all of us will say I can't do that or that's not me or I don't like to do that or that's not you know and it could be you writing your first book with Danny Silk or it could be me doing public speaking because I had a speech impediment I never thought I would do public speaking it's speeching see yeah, I'm there you go wrong right now <laughs> uh, but you know when you say yes to God you take on His nature and you do things that aren't according to your design or nature. To me, it's like Matrix. I don't know if you remember that scene where 
Trinity is up with Neo up on a on a rooftop, and they're you know they're these computer operated beings basically. And she runs over and says, "Let's get in the helicopter." He goes, "Do you know how to fly that thing?" And she goes, "Nope, but I will in a second because there's a programmer on the other end who could download the ability instantaneously to do it." Mm-hmm. And to me, that's how I see God is like God asks us to do these radical missions, and people around us are like, "You can't do that," and we're even like, "I can't do that." But then we look up to heaven, up to Jesus, and we're like, "But you can do that, right?" Through me, through Christ, I can do all things. And that's a real thing for the marketplace. These past five years, I've been living in that, I'm out of my wheelhouse doing things that I never <laughs> thought I'd do, including talking over you when we're trying to do a podcast. You do such a good job, though. See, here's what I love <laughs> is that you were made for this, but you didn't see yourself that way. Right. And that's what friends are for, right? Who see us in a ways that we could have never seen us. Lauren always has said, like, I see this in you. And I was like, yeah, right. It's just because you love me. But then when God gathers friends around and says, hey, this is what I see. And would you come on this journey with me? And you say, yes, okay. Which is what I've done over and over to you. And I can't believe you said yes so many times. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are, Bob. Here we are. We were sitting in your pool in your backyard when we first started this journey talking about this kind of stuff. Right. And we get to introduce your friend, Denise, because of that. So we're going to get right into the podcast. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, you guys. I also want to just remind you to engage the conversation. And we have questions and answers at the end. So listen all the way to the end because you could ask Bob or I or both of us questions by going to our website at www.bullsministries.com, clicking on the banner that says, Ask Bob and Sean a question. And we're going to answer it at the end of this episode. Thanks so much. You're going to love Denise. Stay tuned. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transiting God Mentoring, where you receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan, and I'm with... Sean Bowles. We're here with our friend Denise Gitchum. Denise, how are you? I'm great. How are y'all? So good. We're so glad you're on today, Denise. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so honored. Now, I feel like an overachiever in life, but then I read your bio. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I've never accomplished anything. <laughs> it's like, you are so amazing, like how much God's done through you and how much you've just chosen as a human being to, to just pursue different aspects of careers. It's amazing. I really can't take credit for any of it, but I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Well, I'm, you I'm my Chinese it. tiger mother. Really appreciate you. Saying that. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we do have one thing in common. I actually am an Air Force brat. My dad was a colonel in the Air Force. Really, my dad yeah. totally enlisted in the Air Force. Very different experience, but I love the Air Force family. The whole military. no, I saw Travis Air Force Base. My dad yeah. was stationed there at some point. No way. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Fun little fact. And yeah. you have military on both sides of your family, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. I love our military. So grateful for them. Me too. Well, Denise, th- thanks again for coming on. Um, Denise is one of Lauren's, uh, my wife's leaders and her life streams. And I got to know her um, through that. And I got, I thought I knew a lot about you, Denise, but I didn't know two things. I didn't know you, you knew how to 
speak in Mandarin and I didn't know you used to be an actress. And that answers a lot of questions for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. There's all those fun little facts. I like to be mysterious, Bob. Yeah. (laughs) Well, tell us, tell us what you're doing right now. And tell us, I mean, one of the, one of the questions we love to hear is how do you hear from God? Is it, is it this big James Earl Jones voice or do you hear little quiet voice? How do you hear from the Lord? How do you know it's him? No, it's interesting. I grew up Baptist, so I didn't really understand anything about having a dynamic relationship. And I love my Baptist roots. Let me tell you, I I learned so much and was so deeply rooted in the word, but I didn't really Mm. understand what it was like to, to have a dynamic relationship where it was a back and forth with God. So most of my prayers growing up were very much um, in one direction from me to God, really never expecting to hear back. Out of the blue, when I was around 26 years old, um, oddly in the shower, I was praying and crying and I heard God audibly for the first and only time. Wow. Um, and it was such a clear response and something I'd felt in my heart that he just confirmed. I've never heard it since, but I've found that God impresses on my heart um, things that may have been kicking around in my brain. And often I'll ask for confirmation from folks that I really respect or strangers. I love it when I get confirmation for things that God puts on my heart through somebody in an airport. And so, um, you know, I tend to test what I think I'm hearing because I never know if it's a bad burrito or it's, (laughs) but um, I, I've really learned to hear him to the point where I feel like when I'm really walking with him and really attuned to him, even if my head begins to turn to the left or the right, and that's not the direction he wants me, I feel a check in my spirit. And that's when I know I'm on point with him. Mm. Wow. So Bob has just asked you too. I love that, Denise. And Bob was just asking, what are you doing right now? I mean, looking at the kinds of things that you've done in the past, what does life look like in 2020, 2021? <laughs> what, a, what a timely question. <laughs> uh, so interestingly, about two months ago, I had this what I felt was the worst nightmare of my life. It wasn't a drowning nightmare. No one was chasing me with anything, with knives or guns or anything. Um, it was a dream in which uh, I, I saw everything I'd ever poured my heart into career-wise spontaneously combust, including the people oh. that were standing there smiling at me. It was like the CEO of this company was smiling, combusting, President Bush, smiling, combusting. And um, I woke up, when I heard this, right before I woke up, I heard the words, everything is meaningless. I thought, kidding me like I woke up sobbing because everything I'd ever done I married really late in life so my whole life was really my career and I sort of delayed marriage because I was so purpose-driven so to feel that was like the worst nightmare you could give to an Enneagram three and the daughter of a tiger mother you know, oh my gosh that everything was useless and meaningless and so two months later about last weekend actually um I was in Cabo and Bob and Lauren were there and we were with some friends and one of the friends got up and was preaching a little and he mentioned this verse that I'd never noticed before in first Corinthians it was first Corinthians 3 it was 10 through 15 and he talked about how everything that we're done we do with our lives will be tested by the fire when we come face to face with God and what it was that we built with whatever materials we use whatever it was that we were pouring our hearts and energy into um, would be would be brought to light and things that were useless would be burned and the minute he said that I was like that's my interpretation that's what Mm. God was trying to tell me was that even though all the things that I've done before were things that I'm proud of and I think really were what God called me to do he opened doors that were unbelievable for me to do the things I've done they weren't things that were done with an eternal perspective they were largely let me interrupt here for a second yeah 
You got your law degree. You've worked mm-hmm. at the White House. You're a strategic consultant. I mean, the things on your resume are incredibly powerful. And I know that when you were in the midst of all of these things, you were looking at it from an eternal perspective. So what do you think changed with this dream? I think that what it was is there was always more than a hint. It was like a, a more than a hint of selfish ambition involved. I think God cares as much or more about how we do things, our motivations for doing things, as how we present our motivations are or what we do. Yeah. I think God, for me, my struggle is always in the heart. It's it's never doing the right thing. It's always the why are you doing it and who are you doing it for? Mm. And there was selfish ambition that was loaded that I didn't even recognize in my heart. And I don't think God was being condemning in that dream. I think he was saying, I'm about to give you a new vision and I'm going to help you see things through the lens of eternity, things that have eternal value. And I thought, this is so incredible because now I have another 40 years of my life that I can invest in doing things from that perspective. So to me, it was very freeing. Well, I also think like, and just, you know, Bob and Laura know you well. I'm meeting you the first time, but I've, you know, read through your notes and just how you wrote. Like, uh, I'm hoping to get to a story about your Congress campaign when you ran for Congress, but you actually have such a measure of character and I can just tell, and you actually have a measure of, I bet you could teach on what selfish ambition was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting to me that a lot of people that God is placing right now are going through like character 2.0, like a refining that's you just don't learn when you first start out of the gate or you don't learn your first 20 years. Like something happens and there's another wave of lessons of growing in the character of God because we want more of God, which means we have to take on more of his character. And right. so to me, I just want to say that in the context of like someone who is listening might think, oh, wow, she just is now learning that. But the reality is you've learned this deeply. Yeah. But it seems to me like there's a new measure because of what God's putting in, you know, setting you aside for, which is, I don't know if that's a prophetic word or if that's just me, you know, yeah. my perspective for you. but. <laughs> I do want to go into your Congress uh, campaign because that's pretty radical. You ran as a single woman for yeah. Congress in 2015. Why? Let's talk about that. That's awesome. So as long as I can remember, I mean, is is from my the youngest age that I have memory. I always felt like God had called me to run for office. It's crazy if you look at my journals yeah. from when I was a kid. And so in high school, of course, I ran for class president, as class president for four years, student body president, ran for president of my college my first year, did that. You know, I always had it in me to want to help people get to a higher place. I also had a mother behind me driving me, telling me to do it. So it was a very good combination. But then I really felt like I would, I, for a time, I just felt like I needed to learn what that looked like. So I worked for people that I really admired. President Bush was one of them, Attorney General John Ashcraft, who'd been the governor of Missouri before, these really incredible men of God that showed me what good leadership was like and how it could affect a nation, and not only a nation, but the world, because we are the the leaders of the free world, America. So I saw how people like that balanced their faith and really led through their faith unabashedly. And I thought, I want to be that Lord. And so... God, um, God led me to, to run in 2016. And obviously when you jump into something, you don't think you're going to lose. I knew it would be a tough race. I was running against a guy who'd been in politics for 20 years and was the fourth wealthiest member of Congress. But I, I knew that God had, was leading me there for something and I wasn't sure of the outcome. 
All I knew was that he kept saying, do it. And so I finally jumped in and I was terrified. I was 38 years old. I was single. Um, I had to leave my company to run for office, which meant I wasn't getting an income. Mm. My parents are you know, immigrants from other countries. So it's not like I had a trust fund to rely on. And so I really had to trust God to provide every step of the way. And it was amazing. It was such an exercise in faith. When you're that public and then you end up failing that publicly, you really got to I felt like God prepared me through that year um, of just getting out there and speaking for him and really letting him use my mouth as just a, a mouthpiece, really, for him. I was unabashed about my faith and loving my opponent, praying for him. Um, and it really, there was a moment at the end of the campaign when I knew I was going to lose his election night. And these folks interviewed me and they were a local TV station. And one of them I could tell was a believer. And he said, he had tears in his eyes when I was talking about how I felt like God had, had shown me so much and taught me so much and taught me how to love the people of my district and to love my opponent. And when we were finished, he took off his headphone, like his headset. And he said, I've never heard anyone run for office speak like you. And I just want you to know that you may have lost tonight, but to me, you've inspired me to really double down on my faith. Mm. Wow, and wow. that's what God had brought me there to do. And that's amazing. And I think, you know, one of the stories that you have is, Something that happened when your when your campaign managers had some some dirt on your opponent. Can you tell yeah. that story? Yeah. So I was um, in Washington D.C. raising money for my campaign. It was my last trip out there. It was right before what we call in politics Black October. There's always the October surprise. <laughs> always the October surprise. And usually you save the worst dirt on your opponent until the very last minute because they don't have enough time before November to to rebut it. And so I never ran my campaign like that. It was always very positive, but this information fell into my lap while I was like literally in the women's restroom in this very fancy place in Washington, D.C. where all the politicos gather. And I couldn't believe I was hearing it. And it felt like I was like King David in the cave of Abdullam, where Mm. King Saul walks in and he's basically, it feels like the Lord is just handing you like a victory, right? And I... The information that I had was so damning that it probably would have caused my opponent to lose. But when I came home, you know, everyone was chomping at the bit. All of my campaign staff was saying, we got to go with this. You want to win? This is the time to win. And I felt like, gosh, maybe it is. Then I walked my dog. And while I was walking my dog, I felt the Lord clearly say, this is not for you to use for your own glory. I I will deal with him the way I deal with him but this is not for you to take him out. And it was this incredible moment of like, are you kidding me, God? Like I was kind of angry because I wanted to win so badly, but I also have more wanted to do what God wanted me to do, which was to honor my opponent and um, to protect him from any long lasting harm that would last well beyond this next election. Right. I wasn't willing to win at that cost. So that's incredible. I love to hear stories about politics like that too, because People just see it in one way. They watch Scandal or they watch some TV show and they just think of one way. But God places people either as politicians or around them. And there's a lot of prayerful decisions going on where God's, you know, killing that political spirit with a goodness in many instances. So I just love that story. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was not an easy one to learn, I have to tell you. But God had formed me so much in that year leading up to that final month that it was a no-brainer. God was the only way to go. Yeah. Denise, it seems like you have this lifelong commitment to public service. You you have since you can you you can remember. And I know there's a scripture that you love, and and 
after you talk about that, um, I know you're, you're really, really involved in a lot of national uh, and local charities. Talk to us about that also. Yeah, I'm not sure which scripture you're referring to, Bob. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, to whom much is given, much is required. Oh, yeah, right. Luke 12, 48. So, yeah, um, I haven't read my Bible in a while, so I know that's in there. <laughs> it's, true. it's actually true. You know, I've always felt, I've never been the richest kid in the room or the best looking girl or the smartest person. I've never been the most anything. I've just always been kind of average. And I feel like God wanted me to be that for a reason. I think he wanted to be the thing that I boasted in because there's nothing exceptional about my family or my past or anything. My upbringing, I mean, I grew up, Sean, you know, the area like Fairfield, California, it's the most, you know, white bread place in the world. Yeah. And there's, there's just nothing remarkable that would have allowed me to be in a room with people I've been in. And so I always felt like God kept opening doors for a reason. There had to be a reason that was bigger than me that he kept doing it. And so I've always felt like everything God's given me is everything that I have. So for me, my only responsibility is to give back and, and be a force multiplier, not just, you know, one-to-one ratio. But when God and I are together, it's like things happen that I can't even, I would never have even imagined. It's like one times one equals a thousand. That's how it works out. Yeah. Because I think God knows that he can use me and trust me with it. And I can't say that I always felt that that was the truth. But God has brought me to a place where I do believe that he thinks that he can use me to do whatever it is that he wants to affect in the world, especially in politics. I'm really fortunate to serve on the board of the Rock Church. The funny thing, man, y'all, don't hate me, Sean, but growing up, I wanted nothing to do with the ministry. Like ministry was the bad word, <laughs> mostly because, I mean, I loved my pastors, but I never wanted to have a Jesus fish even on my car because I was afraid that if I got angry at someone on the road and like did something that's different <laughs> and used a word that doesn't, you know, that we shouldn't use on this podcast, that I would really <laughs> bring shame to God. And so I was always afraid of that. So it was so funny when Pastor Miles McPherson asked me to be on the board of the Rock. I really had to laugh because that's just not how God works, right? Like I'm so unqualified and it's not me, it's God. So that's one of my favorite things that I get to do is I get to serve on the board of the largest church in San Diego. Um, I've done a lot of other things that, yeah, I've done a lot of things to help women um, get into politics. I think it's really important that we have good representation where they get an opportunity and feel empowered to. So I'm on the board of UPAC, which is the oldest Republican women's congressional um, PAC. And then I've done a lot in education. I've been really fortunate to work in the anti-human trafficking realm on various boards. And so uh, I just joined another board a couple weeks ago for an organization that was just formed that I hope gets to unite the church across denominational lines and really bridging the Catholic um, Protestant divide to focus on the issues of um, that are so clear in scripture, that are so biblical, that need to be actualized in politics. And so I think division in our in our political realm is a symptom of the real problem, which is division within the church. And so I really feel called to bring unity into the church, especially because so much division right now is based on politics. Oh, it's so true. We're and one of the most divided times, I, but I love that hearing that. I love hearing that you guys are making an effort towards it. I think we need a lot of God-led efforts to just help remind us of how good each other are, you know, how good other people are and how worthy they are. That's so beautiful. 
I kind of want to take us back a little bit um, to Marketplace Miracles because you've had some really cool stories happen. And right after you ran for Congress, yeah, uh, you know, I was reading through your again through the notes and just read about how you were not sure what kind of job to take, and God began to speak to you. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I left my, um, I gave my my shares in my company to my business partner. I gave over a partner, my my whole business basically, my business partner to run for office. And um, I had no plans after after I ran, and I didn't have any real desire to do anything. I was exhausted after running for Congress, so I kind mm-hmm. of sat around for a while. And I said, you know, instead of just charging into things like I'm so apt to do, I'm going to sit back and I'm really going to do this thing that I read about um, in a book by Mark Batterson called Circle Maker. And basically, the story goes: this guy was praying for rain for his village and they weren't getting answers. So he decides to go out and sit in the middle of his village and draw a circle in the sand. And he decides to sit there and pray and fast until God answers. And I said, I, I can do that in from the comfort of my very comfortable couch in the middle of San Diego with like, you know, Uber Eats. So I sat there and I did that for four days. And at the very end of this time, which I didn't know was going to be the end, but God said, Hey, get up and go for a run. And I, I'm like, okay, God, I'm starving. You know, I'm, I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. Like I'll go. So I get out, go for a run about mile into my usual route. God drops this number on my brain. And he says to me, I'm going to give you a salary. That's going to be more than this, but this is a number that I want you to tie it up to 10% of and everything I give you over that. I want to give, I want you to give me 50%. And I laughed because I said, God, I've never even made the number that you gave me before. Even when I was a lawyer in a big law firm, I never made that number. And so uh, I don't know how you're going to take me from, you know, from here to there. And he said, I want you to go. He told me so clearly, he said, stop your run, turn around, go home and write it down because I don't want you to forget this number. And I don't wow. want you to forget the formula. So I said, okay, ran back, typed it up in my online journal and literally within a week. I had three offers from three different organizations offering me the number that he'd given me or above. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I went from having oh. no offers and like no hope to three offers all at a level I never had anticipated before. So the moral of the story is run for Congress. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Listen <laughs> to God. Four days and try to hear God. Your choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Denise, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us. I mean, your story is so amazing for um, all the listeners to hear and for us to hear. And we, we're just so honored that you would come on with us. Oh, thank you so much, y'all. I listen to you all the time, and I'm just so grateful for this opportunity and so honored to be with you. Well, we're so glad you're here. And up next, we have questions with Sean and Bob. I love to create resources that really empower you. And I created a book called Breakthrough Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations, which is all about God's name of breakthrough biblically in the Bible and how we are in a breakthrough moment, a moment that we need God to bring a sudden change in our lives, in our governments, in our finances, in our health. And this book is perfect for you because you're going to go through about 11 or 12 different areas of prophesying over yourself, praying for your life, and declaring the word over your situation and it will bring you breakthrough because God always promises 
to partner to our prayers and declarations that are biblical based. Plus the prophecies themselves came in a deep time of prayer and meditation with God, where he spoke these to me and I wrote them in the book form so that you could wrap your heart and your spirit around it. Along with Breakthrough, we also have Provision, which is the second book in the series, all about prophecies, prayers, and declarations about bringing God as a provider into your life. For every destiny, there's a resource and a provision from heaven for you right now. Well, we have a special on these books. There's a bundle at only our website, www.bowlsministries.com, just for you. I want to encourage you to get Breakthrough and Provision now. It's going to help you to rein in 2021 and live in 2021 and the way that you want to. I want to encourage you to get this bundle for you or the people you love especially if you need well-crafted, constructed prayers that help bring spiritual intelligence about how to use the Word of God and the prophetic words you're getting right now. Now it's time for questions with Bob and Sean. I'm so excited about this part because you, the listeners, get to ask us questions by going to our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, and just click on the banner at the top. This is Ask a Question to Sean and Bob, and you can ask us our featured questions for next time. So today, Bob, we have a question, which I think is right up your alley from Hamish. Hi, Sean and Bob. Uh, My name is Hamish. I'm from Sydney in Australia. I work in a a service industry where we run media projects for clients uh, on their behalf. I wanted to ask you, how can we create a culture of honor in our workplace, but still feel like we can express to our colleagues the ups and downs and the frustration and disappointment that we might experience with our clients? Hamish, thank you so much for the question. It sounds like what you're asking is about performance and a performance industry. And the one thing I want to bring you back to right off the bat is our identity. Our identity, no matter what we do, whether we're awesome or whether we make a bunch of mistakes, is that we're loved sons and daughters of God. And if you can set the bar with that knowledge that your identity is secure in God, then that allows you the ability to share both the things that go well for you and your company and the things that uh, don't go so well. And you can smash performance by um, recognizing that you're a loved son of God. Also, you can kind of have a conversation with some people that may not feel as safe to that culture yet by talking about something in past tense, like, have you ever gone through a really hard time, like where you failed in something in business? Here's something I went through four or five years ago that's already resolved and see if they're vulnerable enough to share their end. Like if they match you, because a lot of times oh, that's people good. match you, you can see like, oh, this is really important that you look good, that you look like everything's great and everything's okay. And then you have to figure out how to have meaningful conversations where you're allowed to be vulnerable and you're allowed to be weak and that weakness isn't um, failure. And so... If they, if you're the leader of that uh, and not just an influencer of it, it'll be a lot easier. But if you're just one of the many uh, employees or whatever, then it's a little harder. If you're just a manager of managers, you know, it's also harder. But I think that performance culture thing is one of the hardest things to remove from the workplace. But the number one way to do it is sharing vulnerably, especially about things that already have you have some history of they're completed. You know, whether it's about um, like Bob, sometimes you share about your struggle with alcohol and how you've had so many years sober. Um, and you'll share that publicly. You'll share it like it's it's a, you know, it's it's something that you walk through and you're very vulnerable about, and it helps people to relate to you that we're not all perfect, you know. And I think that that's right. Those are healthy things, right? 
Great question. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for asking your questions. And please feel free to ask us anytime by going to bowlsministries.com and clicking on that question. Ask Bob and Sean a question for exploring the marketplace. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Marketplace podcast with Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. This is part of the Exploring podcast series. This podcast is made possible by generous donations by listeners just like you. Become a partner of our ministry or give your one-time donation at our website at www.bowlsministries.com. That's B-O-L-Z ministries.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate and review it. Also remember, go to our website, bowlsministries.com and ask a question for Bob Hassan and myself, Sean Bowles, about the marketplace. We look forward to hearing from you soon.